Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Joshua Moodle's podcast. Probably the best podcast in the universe. It's the Joshua Moodle's podcast. Okay, maybe just the best in the RJV. It's the Joshua Moodle's podcast. All right, cool. So we are in a very historical place here, and I'm with Shooter. Shooter, introduce yourself and let everybody know what we're going to talk about today. Okay, uh, right now, my name is Shooter Roberts. I'm with the historic Cino Ray. And today we're going to be talking about uh, what this place means to the community and how it's influenced uh, not just me and you, but uh, countless others. Yeah, it's a, it's a very strange thing that we're going through. Uh, it's a very weird time where everybody wants to open up, but everybody wants to do it right. And the thing that's holding back everybody is like, well, this is a live venue place. Is it going to be safe for people to come back to? What, what, there's like no... There's no way of doing it right. You just have to kind of do it and then follow the rules and regulations to the T and then make everybody feel comfortable. What are you seeing on your end? I know, but how do you really make somebody feel comfortable? Yeah. Because this is unprecedented. We've never gone through anything like this ever. I've never experienced anything like this. Yeah, it's, it's a very weird thing, man. Like, I know a lot of restaurant owners that, that want to open their doors, but the number one thing is do we open the doors and get people sick or how do we do it? How do we stay sanitized? Do we have one person that just does that and that's it? I think that's the, the interesting question. And I think when everybody actually opens up again, that's where we're going to see the people that really want to be in this. Because I had a horrible experience. The first day that the restaurants opened, I had a horrid experience. And I was like, man, there's people that want to open their doors right now and that will do anything to open their doors again. Well, everybody's I, suffering. That's yeah, why. Everybody's suffering. And I had that experience. I was like, dude. You know how many people would love to have an open restaurant right now? And these people are just, they just don't get it. And I think that's the, the, the strange thing is that here we are in a very historical place. And I think the last time I was here when I played a show here, right on that stage back there. And it's been home to a ton of musicians, man, and a ton of artists. And oh, I, yeah. think, I think now is the time that we all need to band together and really show the love back to Sinai Yeah, well, when you think about like all the uh, entertainers that have been on there, uh, Tintan was here on opening night. And if, uh, for those of you guys that don't know who Tintan is, just Google him and you'll find out. He's a very, very historic uh, uh, comedian and movie star. So um, he was here on opening night. So you're talking about over 70 years of like, like legacy. Yeah. And, and the people that have been through here, they, they're not all famous. Some of them don't get to make it. But one of their dreams is maybe just to play a song on stage. Yep. Or propose to their wife on stage, you know, in front of a crowd. Or, you know, just a little kid trying to play a, a guitar. 
No, you're absolutely right because there's something about stage lights and the stage presence and, and the actual place that is inviting. It, it invites you in, man. It's like, dude, you have to place in array. Yeah. You have to be there. You have to take part of this. And it's, it's a huge staple. How does it feel to be in the heart of downtown? Like, what I want to know is when all these other bars came across 17th Street, 17th Street has a, a bad rep, right? Just yeah, say the, that. the whole stigma. Yeah. What do you think about that with, with Sino Ray having such an historic impact and then all this around it? Um, I mean, we, we don't really fall into that category. Like some, there's some clubs and I'm not knocking them, but that's not our style. Yeah. Uh, our style, we're trying to take more of the, um, the artistic route, trying to cultivate new artists and trying to just bring people together, really. I mean, we've had people here that have sued each other. You know, we're talking about uh, a guy that, that sued the mayor, you know, and then years later they come over here and they shake hands and either they're they're not really good friends you know yeah but uh they put their political uh things aside we we've had the the gay rights people with the uh the abortion people you know what i mean we've had sister norma here at the same time with the mayor republicans democrats and everybody just comes together and everybody here has a voice that's the best thing yeah i think that's what i love about this place is that it's not Cater, it doesn't cater to one person. It doesn't cater to one gender. It doesn't cater to one thought process. It's just people. It's and just people. Yeah. That's, that's what I love about it. And that's kind of what the podcast is about because I get a lot of slack. I get a lot of, I guess, negative feedback sometimes because I do represent businesses. My clients, I, I do represent certain a stature of, of business, right? Right. But at the same time, I want to be that podcast that it's okay to talk about whatever the fuck you want to talk about. I think oh, it's I can very, cuss on here? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's one of the important things about freedom of speech. Like, you want to be able to have freedom of speech to go wherever you want to go and not worry about the things you're going to say having repu- repercussions later. I think, I think that's something that, that this place stands for, and I, I think it celebrates it really well. Yeah, and, and I mean, given the history of this place, too, uh, back in the 40s, everything was segregated. You had, uh, it was... Blacks only, whites only, and Mexican only. So if, if you were Mexican, you couldn't go into a white establishment. Yeah. You, you couldn't do that, you know? And they, they had signs that said, no Mexicans and no dogs allowed, you know? Like, stuff like that. And so everybody was going through that. And then knowing that now, um, because I, I didn't know about this place, uh, the history of it, up until I started coming here and working here and uh, just being more involved in, in this business, in this uh, entity. Um, there's a lot of history and there was a lot of segregation and now we we got that baton so we're trying to bring people together too you know and say like just because of your skin color you're not you're 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 welcome here you know like you're anybody's going to be welcome here what what is uh what does ownership think about this what are what are their thoughts about what's going on and their next step well the reality is right now we're three months behind um, because of this pandemic, and we had no idea that this was going to happen. Nobody could have see, foreseen something like this to happen. Um, and the next step isn't just to open, because we, we rely a lot on mass gatherings for uh, large concerts. And, I mean, if we open with like 50% of the, yeah. the capacity or whatever, we could still get a small little crowd in, in the front lobby or something. Um, but at the same time, do people want to come out, you know, yeah. are people going to feel safe or am I going to feel safe? You know, just being around that many people. Yeah. I think that's the number one thing that, that business owners are, are realizing, like, do I open my doors and put my staff at risk? Do I put my customers at risk? What happens? There's 
too many what ifs and there's too many yeah there's too many variables yeah, just too many variables yeah and then what if what if you get sick and you're you're the owner you know and then you go get your kid sick and then and then your kid dies or you know your grandpa dies or something like that that, that that's going to weigh heavily on somebody yeah i think i think you all are coming from a very interesting point because there's governor abbott where he wants to open up everything and there's two opposing opposing voices to this right do you open up and get everybody sick or do you open up and stimulate the economy because the economy is suffering a lot of there's the highest unemployment ever right now. So where do you stand on that? Well, the way I think about it, uh, uh, I want to put people first instead of uh, just trying to be greedy and make a couple of bucks. Like for, for me, we haven't had any income here at the theater because all our shows canceled, basically. Yeah. And so there's been uh, zero income. And then all the SBA assistance and everything that that they were trying to help with, we didn't qualify for that. Um, so so there's that. And that's why we're asking the people, uh, our fans, especially our, I mean, realistically, our fans, we're not asking for, you know, um, big corporations to donate money to us. We're asking our friends, our, our friends for just five bucks. And that's going to help us uh, get through this thing. Yeah. So tell them a little bit more about that, because it's, it's the five dollar. They donate five bucks to Sino Ray. Right. And that will help you. Right. Oh, yeah. If just our, our fans alone on Facebook um, donated five dollars, if each of them donated five dollars, we would survive this entire thing and we'd be we'd be OK. We'd be in a good position. But right now we're three months behind and bills just keep coming. Yeah, they'll keep coming. So we'll link that actual uh, the link to donate in the in the podcast notes so y'all can donate. And uh, I think this is one of the most historical places because I remember my father talking about it when I was young. It's like it's been around that long, it has that much history. And for us to let it go because of five bucks, I mean, right? Well, it doesn't make sense. And and at the, at the same uh, note, like you don't have to donate the five dollars if you can't. You know, some people can't, don't have money. Right. They have like families to feed, and they got to feed themselves too. So if if you can't donate, just like uh, make it make people aware about it. You know, just share it. Yeah. And then just uh, some people donating five bucks. Some people are donating uh, more. And I mean, we're just asking for the five dollars. Not we're not asking for, you know, fifty thousand dollars. Right. So what what else are y'all doing as far as I know you are doing some online live streaming, right? Yeah, we're, we're we've had some te technical difficulties with the with the audio, but we're getting to it, and uh, hopefully soon we'll be producing some content with uh, some local bands. Awesome, man! Comedians yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting time, and like I say, like it's the perfect time to go online. It felt like everybody had to go online overnight. Well, why do you think Tiger King got so popular? Yeah. Because nobody had anything anywhere to go. That's, <laughs> That's why. True. And so people started. To, what is this thing? And Tiger King all of a sudden became famous. It, it, have you seen it? Fucking Carol Baskins. <laughs> it's such a weird. And and the weird thing about that is that 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 thing was going on while the guy was trying to film the documentary. That's what makes yeah. it even crazier. It, it's it's a weird ass movie. It's a weird ass series, man. I tried watching it and I got up to like. The fifth episode, I was like, man, I can't invest this much damn time into it. <laughs> because it's retarded. It's, yeah. But at <laughs> the same time, it's uh, it's something that you can't not take your eyes off. You know, it's like the pink elephant in the room. Yeah. You're just like, I got to see that thing. <laughs> what else have you been watching on Netflix? Um, let's, I don't know. Have you seen Ozark? Uh, I, I, I think I saw like maybe one or two episodes. That show is badass. It picks up? Yes, it, it picks up. It's, it has a slow start, but... Dude, what they talk about and what they do in there is fucking awesome. It's it's it pulls you in. It was, it's not like the Tiger King where it's, yeah. it's a bunch of mamadas and other stuff. Yeah, there was a bunch of mamadas in that thing. Which is a real story, by the way, which is weird. 
I know. We were talking about if, if there was a documentary on us here. We're just so weird, man, because <laughs> we do so many events. Like one day we'll have like a children's recital and there's a bunch of families here. And the next day we, we have an erotic ball. And the next day we have a Christian concert, you know, and the next day we have a political rally. And, it, and then the next day we have wrestling, you know, like <laughs> there's just so much stuff that goes on. What's the weirdest thing? Okay, what's the weirdest act do you think that's come through here? The weirdest act? Jesus. I mean, Mick Foley was weird. Yeah. Mick Foley was, and, and Jake the Snake Roberts kind of topped that one because of talk, the, talk of the weirdness. Talk about that, man. Dude, I, there's something, do you got kids listening on this thing? No, no, there's okay, no kids. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Okay, well, well, Jake the Snake Roberts, you know who he is, right? Yeah. Okay, so this guy, he carries around a snake um, and it, for wrestling or whatever. That was his gimmick. Carry around the snake, have the, the snake bite somebody sometimes or whatever. And so um, Ravishing Rick Rude, I think he said, what, uh, was a bully to the snake. So sometimes he would see the snake and he would put a cigarette butt on the snake. And Jake would get so mad. So um, Rick Rude's thing, when he would take a woman into the ring... She'd be like falling in love with him because he was so ripped and handsome and all that stuff. And then he'd kiss her and she'd pass out. That was his gimmick. And, and he always knew uh, that the girl was in the audience. He always knew that girl yeah. because she was a plant. You know, he picked up like a stripper or some, you know, streetwalker or something like that. And so uh, Jake thought, I'm going to get back at this motherfucker. So what he did was he found out who the plant was going to be, who the girl was going to be. <laughs> and, and what he did, he's like, hey, you're going to suck my dick. Damn. I'm going to come in your mouth and you're going to hold it until <laughs> until Rick Rude takes you on stage. <laughs> and, and you're going to spit it in his mouth and you're going to say that's from Jake the Snake Roberts. Wow. Yeah. So she, so he, she does that and he spit it in his mouth and Jake just... Oh, jeez. Yeah, he just, he just started running. Wow. He's like, I just remember running back to the hotel and I get to the hotel and I lock the door and all I see is a fist flying right through the door. And who was it? Ravishing Rick Rude. <laughs> Oh, gee. Yeah, so the, that, that was a weird guy, too. Wow. Damn, dude. So what, what's been the best experience that you've had here? There's just so many, man. Like, there's, there's so many moments. Um, for, for me, particularly, it's uh, like whenever I get on stage in the ring and I'm performing in front of all those uh, people. So, so give them a little backstory if they haven't seen you. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm a porn star. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm a professional wrestler here with the uh, Wrestling Revolution, and I've been doing that, I guess, I want to say like 15 years, something like that. I can't remember. Uh, time's not real, right? Yeah. And so, anyway, so, yeah, just getting in front of the crowd, getting, getting those people just excited, you know? And, and one of the coolest things that I've, I think I've ever uh, experienced was um, there was an old man that came up to me after a show, and, and he, he gets my shoulder, and he's like, hey, thank you. And I'm like, oh, you're welcome, man. I kind of just thought nothing of it, you know, just another fan. And uh, he, he looks at me and he's like, no, really, thank you. And I'm like, okay, so, so what's going on? And he tells me, uh, me and my son, um, we haven't talked in a lot of years, like in so long. And then we found out that Cena Rey had uh, live wrestling. So, so he called me up and invited me and we came. And we didn't talk at all, like throughout the entire show. And then you came out and you wowed the crowd and, uh, and we couldn't stop talking about you. And that's the first time that we've talked in years. That's badass. Man. Yeah. So that kind of made me feel like, okay, what I'm doing is kind of important to some right. people. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that, that we fall into as creators, as artists, is like, we don't think we have a story to tell or something to share. And I think, I think every single one of us does. We touch everybody in a certain way. Oh, yeah. We don't have to touch everybody. But the fact is that we touch somebody 
it has a it has a deep effect on us as artists as creators oh yeah i, I think so but you also take some badass photography bro oh thank you dude. so w- what are you doing with that uh right now <clears throat> excuse me everything's been kind of like stagnant because of the whole coronavirus and craziness or whatever so i'm, I'm just kind of like editing some pictures little by little yeah so i guess what is the main thing you've been doing for the past seven weeks that would since the coronavirus is I mean, oh, a lot of masturbation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we've been... Porn sites have been crashing because of you. Seriously. <laughs> we've been doing a lot of repair on equipment here at the theater. Um, a lot of equipment's just kind of like outdated, so we kind of just got to clean everything and, and see where everything's going to go. And uh, it's been a long time since we've done that because we just don't have time. Yeah, if you actually see back here, there's a ton of stuff on the bottom here that they, it seems like they're cleaning out and... Look at these beautiful lights back here, man. I mean, obviously, this place is, is getting rejuvenated, and we just want everything to come back to normal. I can't wait, because I go, like, when I go into the corner stores, I walk out of my car, and, like, I'm just regular. Like, I don't have my, my mask. I'm like, fuck, I forgot my mask, man, so I got to go do the walk back to the car. Oh, yeah. It's kind of annoying, dude. It's like, fuck, when is everything going to get back to normal, dude? Yeah. And, and then will we, it? And then when we get back to normal, like, what is normal? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. How are people going to act like, like with each other? Sometimes I'll be walking down the sidewalk and then I'll see somebody walking on the same sidewalk and I, I just cross the street just to yeah. avoid them, you know? It, it, it's a weird time, man. Like, it, I don't know what to do. Like, like I go into H-E-B and I see people and I, I kind of just wait there and then there's the other dude that's like right next to me. It's like... Yeah, and you kind of like, oh, yeah, like, get back a little bit. Yeah, it, it's a very weird time and I think we all have to make the adjustment to live in this post-covid world whenever it passes yeah if hopefully it passes yeah hopefully like the other day i went through the uh the drive-thru where they have those bikini girls or whatever and uh and i'm just there i'm probably just getting beer or something and um and the girl comes up to the door and and i'm like oh shit that girl's pretty (laughs) but then i realized she has a mask on so i can't even see her face but i already just just because of the fact that i I hadn't had any like physical contact or you know just uh communicated it with anybody for so long i i just kind of threw me for a loop yeah that's the weird thing the other day we went to a friend's house uh after this i think it was it was the first day that they lifted the uh the uh stay-at-home order so we went to a friend's house we're hanging out and it was just like we're excited to be out yeah just genuinely excited to see other people just to be just to be around somebody yeah because i think i think what a lot of people don't get is when you're in a house with the same family, with the same wife, with the same kids all the time, you get like cabin fever. It's like, dude, I need to do something. I need to get out. I need yeah. to do something. So we crave, we as humans crave that, that one anotherness or talking to somebody else, dude. Yeah, Just it's, having it, a conversation. I think it's important. Yeah. Even, I mean, social media worked for a little bit, but then at the same time, like, it's, it's not the same as being around somebody because yeah. you, get, you get an energy with somebody. You exactly. vibe with them. Yeah. And it's weird because I do a ton of uh, Facebook stuff, a ton of YouTube stuff. And looking at a camera versus having a conversation oh, yeah. or on the phone doing a podcast just isn't the same, dude. I had to get back like having this one-on-one interaction. It's right. completely different, man. Yeah, you can you can feel somebody's energy. And, you know, we talk about different stories or whatever. Yeah. And, and that's a good feeling. Yeah, just it, communicating. It's, it's communication, man. That, that's what I love about that social media can't do, but it can do it at the same time. I guess if it's weird, because I know there's going to be people watching this that are taking away our conversations to themselves or whatever they do. Yeah, they're going to depict it the way they yeah, want. Yeah, but it's a very interesting thing because uh, I don't think you're not very vocal on social media. 
No, not really. Which is which is what I like because I like to actually get into like we've never had a real conversation. This is kind of as far as it's ever gone. That's why I like to chat with these things because on the podcast, for some reason, when we speak long enough, your true self comes out. Yeah, that's, that's what I really like about long form content is the longer you listen, the better it gets. So what is Shooter Roberts about? Man, um, pretty much just wrestling. Uh, started doing the photography thing and, and the theater. That's just, this is pretty much my, my little world. Yeah. And I got my, my four sisters, but they, they all live like somewhere else, you know? So what got you into wrestling? Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do ever since I was like little itty bitty and everybody was like, Oh, it's a pipe dream or you'll never make it or you'll never do it. And so I just, one day me and my guys, we just got together and said, fuck it, we're doing it. And, uh, we, we went to Brownsville, met uh, Bruce Tharp over there, and he he was the one that gave us a shot. Um, we thought we were badass because we were going to be on TV, so uh, we came out on TV for a little while, and then that kind of disappeared, and uh, we're like, what are we going to do now? So we tried other places, and everybody kind of just rejected us. Yeah. Um, thought we were like, not, I'm not a big guy, you know what I mean? My guys weren't like super massive either. Um, so we got a lot of rejection, a lot of no's, a lot of doors slammed in our faces and stuff. Um, and we said, fuck it, we'll do it ourselves. So we kind of just got a ring and came over here, talked to Bert. Um, we just, how long ago was that? This was like a decade ago, I guess. Yeah. We walked right through the doors and, and Bert was like, um, what are you guys about? And we're like, we want to put on a wrestling show. And he's like, let's fucking do it. And that was it. That was like instant. (laughs) It's weird, man. I have this conversation with a lot of artists and creators about the city you come from. Do you feel that this city that we live in here, I'm not going to name it, do you feel like they give back to creators and artists? Because I feel like they don't. Yeah, no. The, the, the city doesn't really do it. It's more up to like, uh, like privately owned places like us. But why, why do you think that is? I mean, I, the thing that I think is very interesting about a city, about a, a, a county, is the people that are the artists that are the creators that are creating the needs to come out and express yourself. Yeah. Well, everybody, whether you like it or not, or whether you agree with it or not, any sort of entertainment, whether you're a movie star, a musician, a wrestler, a comedian, you, you, any kind of, uh, entertainment is needed for people. Do you need the beer? Yeah. That's a strange thing, dude, because I always have the conversations like, well, I think it's essential to be, uh, uh, an entertainer. I I really do. I I do think that. I do think that too. I just feel like, man, there should be more in place from the city's perspective. Like, hey, let's give back to these people that are entertainers that right. are giving back to. Like, for example, like YouTube. Uh, my YouTube audience reaches uh, people around the whole nation. Right. And if I say my city name, well, that name's getting out. You all have a reputation here. You bring in a ton of people that travel throughout the world and right. they talk about this one thing. I was like, I think that's, that's kind of says more about who we are wanting to give back to our city than the city's actually giving back to us. Well, it's, it's the, the, the passion that you have for what you do, you know? I think that's what, what it boils down to and that's uh, people have passion for what they do and that's really what, what's important. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I guess the business part of me feels like the the monetized part of it like 
get compensated for what you're doing. You're attracting these people to, like, for example, like South Texas Comic Con brings in a ton of people to the McAllen Convention Center. Right. And they have a huge economic impact. Right. So, so I think the same thing on a smaller scale is what we're doing pretty much weekly, uh, daily by what we do as artists, as creators. And I think there should be uh, something in place where it gives back to these. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, because a lot of people think that being in show business or, or a touring band or something like that, that, that it's like glamorous and everything. Yeah. But it's really not. And there's really not a lot of money to be, to be made with that. Um, it's more like of a, of a passion of yours to go pursue it and do it. Yeah. You know, a lot of us have like side gigs, you know, where, where we do this thing that we love and then we also go somewhere else and make, make some money. Yeah. I think, I think the world of the internet's uh, a very interesting place because my goal for me is to extract as much money as I can from the internet. That's been my, my plan for the past five, six years. And I think it, the time is now for people that are creators that want to share their stories on social media or on YouTube or, or any venue on on the internet, they have an opportunity to do that because it literally leveled the playing field. Oh yeah, that's what I love about it. Is like you don't have to be have an eccentric attitude and be on YouTube. You can educate, you can inform, or you can entertain. I mean, yeah, pe- there's a niche for everybody, and the internet has literally leveled the playing field for that. Yeah, but there's also there's also a connection that the entertainer has with the audience too. Yeah. And and like let's say me for example, if I'm out there and there's nobody out there, I can't I can't vibe. You know, I need that ener- that energy from them. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right because when when I was playing a lot with a band and there was just a few people out there, it's like, ah, do I really want to play this? Game? Yeah. And but you you still give a good performance yeah, yeah. regardless. That's yeah. that's a given because yeah. anytime that I go out there, I'll, I'll give my best, even if there's 15 people, I don't care. Yeah. But then if you have a sold out crowd, you're, you're like, oh, shit, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm, I'm yeah, getting out. Sure, man. It's just a very interesting dynamics that us artists and creators go through. It's like, shit, man, like, come on. You, you want to give everything, everything. And it's like, let me ask you about that, because a lot of people talk about supporting local. Let's talk about bands specifically. I feel like like uh, or even wrestling. I feel like whenever do you have to leave the Rio Grande Valley to become successful? No, I don't think so. I think right now, uh, what we're doing here at the theater, we're trying to cultivate the new artists. And there's been a lot of artists that, that have come through here, like Cristela uh, Alonso. Um, she's, she's performed on this stage, and she, she's from here. Valente uh, Rodriguez, he's, yeah. he's from here, you know what I mean? He didn't have to go anywhere, and he's rubbing shoulders with George Clooney, you know? Yeah. So you don't have to leave the valley like, to, to be recognized or be known. I feel like, like, I, I feel like a lot of people here... <coughs> They got to go, like, for example, like bands, they tour, they tour around somewhere and then they come back and then that's when they're like, oh, these guys are badass. Like, you have to go out and build that crowd somewhere else. And then everybody's like, oh, cool, man. These guys did it. Like when we play Sixth Street, Sixth Street isn't like a huge feat to, to go play. Right. But we did it and, and they're like, people are like, oh, you played Sixth Street. That's cool. Yeah, they pay you $50 for the whole fucking band. Right. You play on Sixth Street and then they shoo you off. So I think those are the things that people don't really realize that it comes with that. Like you, you can go out and do these badass things, but at the end of the day, it's not as glamorous as you thought it was. It never, it never is. It never, it's like they, they say, never meet your heroes. I mean, just yeah. don't go out there and do those gigs too. You know, yeah. there's, there's money to be made like in these local gigs too. If you, if you really try, yeah. 
Um, I know uh, Raymond Orta has sold out this place. He's yeah. made quite a bit of money here too, um, like back-to-back shows and stuff like that. So, uh, and he's he's local here too. Yeah, I think he's one of the funniest guys uh, I've seen, man. I think I think uh, the Valley has so much to offer. I just feel like we don't do enough as as, uh, as the Rio Grande Valley to give back to these people that, and they 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 have to like go out on their own and figure it out. They don't get like a nudge from right. like, a, like a business loan from a uh, from the city or or maybe the yeah to buy equipment a guitar yeah, or something like that just they, they or figure it out yeah and i think i think also maybe at the same time that's what it is that's what needs to be done because like for me when people don't support me i'll just go out and fucking do it anyways well that's what i did when when we started wrestling we just said fuck it let's go out and do it and then we did it you know and money came out of our pocket but we're, we were doing it yeah what was your best memory of uh wrestling of me wrestling yeah in the early days oh man in the early days dude i would i would do so much crazy shit off the top rope and now that i got older i can't do any of that how old are you man I, never tell <laughs> never tell there there's people that are going to be watching they're like that motherfucker never fucking told me i swear dude you've never told anybody never not not even my own family will tell you jeez i'm like a i'm like a woman but you know without hair without hair mm-hmm. so is is uh cena haunted are there any horror stories no, nothing like that i've i've been here at all like hours of the night day nothing. never seen nothing there was there was a time where somebody told me a story about the women's restroom sorry ladies um that two girls went in there and they they wanted to take a selfie in front of the mirror and uh in the picture they it's supposed to be them two girls right just by themselves yeah. but in the picture um there's like a little uh girl next to him and supposedly that's somewhere like on online somewhere i've never seen it hmm. but but i've never seen anything like that yeah. and i know i know every sound that this place makes <laughs> like from the back door to the front door from the roof to the everything yeah it's it's crazy man all the rumors you hear <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny yeah the the valley uh uh ghostbusters ghost yeah. those guys they they've been here and they started like taking pictures and uh, i don't know okay. I, I saw some i saw some of their pictures but they they claim to see something but it, i think it's just the camera that shook a little bit yeah that's are you uh into conspiracy theories uh, i mean sometimes <laughs> depending <laughs> what's your favorite conspiracy theory uh, dude th- there's the main one would have to be like the 9-11 thing because that was a that was a big thing yeah interesting story about that is i was top 15 to go to uh new york lower manhattan uh i i submitted a video uh, and they were looking for somebody to document uh during summer all the events that are going on in lower manhattan and i was top 15 and the uh the whole covid thing happened and uh they picked the winner and the title change was like, hey, well, now we need you to tell the stories of what's going on after the coronavirus. So I was like right there. I've never been to New York, man. I was so close to going and representing us. And I was like, fuck, it was so close. Yeah. I wanted to go, man. I, have you ever been to New York? No, that's the one place I, I think I'll never go. Why? I just don't, I think it's too many people and I don't like people. <laughs> it's Nine million people, man. Seriously. No, I, I can't handle that. Nine million people. Do you imagine that? I, I've been all over the country. I've been blessed that I've been from coast to coast and border to border, pretty much every city, every major city, seen a lot of beautiful things. But that place, I don't think I'll ever go. <laughs> that and Alaska, no, 
Hawaii, I don't think I'll ever go to Hawaii unless they build Hawaii's a nice, though, unless man. they build a bridge or something. <laughs> a bridge, a long yeah. ass bridge. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna go on a boat, dude, or a plane. I've seen, I've seen fucking you, you, you w- Wilson. You never flown? Oh no, I've flown. Oh, I'm not gonna fly over a, a <laughs> big body of water. Fuck that, dude. I'm gonna have a fucking volleyball as a best friend. No, thank you, man. Uh, did you imagine that? Would you think you'd be able to survive? We survived the coronavirus. <laughs> Survive, survive this quarantine. No shit, man. What's the one thing that you miss the most about, like, actually, you're in quarantine. What's the one thing you miss the most? Um, I actually I didn't realize this, but um, I I miss my friends. You know, just talking to to people that I enjoy talking to. People. Just yeah, people, customers yeah. that come in or whatever. Everybody has a different story. I'm I'm like a, what do they call those therapists? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm like a therapist to people. So I had a an idea for a bar. I had pitched them a long time ago. It was about having a a YouTube or Facebook series about the craziest stories that customers say from bartenders' point of view. Oh shit, that's gonna be crazy. Let's hear one. Um, <laughs> this is not good. This is not gonna be good. <laughs> well, well, in the early days, this was the the weirdest one I think uh, that I could probably get away with saying. And it's still pretty bad. Um, there was this girl. She came in here and uh, and she started talking to me. She's being real friendly. She's like pretty cute or whatever. So she started flirting. I was like, yeah, cool. This is awesome. I'm getting uh, hit on by this cute chick. And uh, and she's obviously a little bit tipsy or whatever. And she's like, hey, you want to see my pussy? And I was like, mm, yes. <laughs> but I, I was still like uh, like a novice at this stuff, you know, like bartending and stuff. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'll, I'll see her. And she's like, I got to warn you. It looks like a cow's tongue. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? I don't know if I want to see this now. So she jumps the bar, lifts her skirt, and that thing looked like an Arby sandwich, bro. <laughs> it was, man. Uh, remember when I was telling you that this is like freedom of speech here? <laughs> For real. Dude, I wore. I, I think I'm just gonna let it go and and let's. I wore two condoms that day. I had to. Uh, I guess it's not what you all were expecting when you. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm a little bit weird. <laughs> a little bit weird, but I think that's what everybody, uh, every artist, and every creator kind of has to have a little bit of weirdness to them. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you get a bunch of us in the same room, some dumb shit's going to happen. There's no doubt about it. Somebody's going to be naked jumping off the stage. Somebody's going to be, you know, I don't know what. Somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. All right, cool. Well, before we finish off the podcast, let's make sure that we tell everybody why we're here to make sure that we get the donations that we need, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, You guys can donate at uh, cnlray.org or you can cash app it at uh, cnlray, dollar signs, Dollar sign, Sino Rey. Sorry about that. And Or you could just mail it in because we've had a lot of people just mail it in. And the mailman has become our, our best friend because, you know, we get little donations. Um, everybody has a little story that they say, like a little note, you know. That's, just, that's, that's a good, it's a really good idea. Your best memory of Sina and you write it and you give your donation. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a cool idea. There was a, there was a time where uh, a couple came in and they had their daughter. Their daughter was about maybe 30 years old. And um, and it was an older couple, and and the ladies like, no, the man was like, I met my wife right there on those stairs, and I was like, what do you what do you mean? Tell me more. I wanted, I was curious. We get so many stories, 
And so this guy, um, he's like, well, I was getting concession stands, um, like just popcorn and sodas or whatever they, they had back then. And I, I was going up the stairs and she was coming down the stairs and I saw her and I said, I got to meet that girl. So what he did was he threw all his, uh, his stuff in the trash can and went right behind her in line. And then, uh. yeah. And then all those years later, they come back. I think they were from like San Antonio or something like that. Interesting. You ever, you ever stop and just realize how many lives this place has touched? Oh, seriously, man. I mean, back in the day, could you imagine there, there was no other places where, where Mexicanos can go. So this place was like a hot spot. And then back in that time, um, it wasn't just to, to go, come watch movies, but it was also just to uh, uh, organize for farm workers. Interesting. And yeah, so like uh, guys like Cesar Chavez and, and people uh, that were orchestrating those things, they, they, they didn't have cell phones back then right. or, you know, uh, like cell phones or texting or nothing like that, no social media. So what they did was they, they came to places like, like Sino Rey and then they would say, okay, the house meeting is going to be at, at, this, at this guy's house. And then, you, and then sometimes there was no street signs, you know, you had to go by landmarks and stuff like that. Hmm. Interesting. You ever look back and like see how fast the internet has grown and how like technologically advanced we are? Yeah, just looking at your camera right there, I'm just surprised how small it is. Yeah, I don't think people really get that. I think they think that I use a lot of fancy equipment, but I mean, this is kind of fancy. But for the most part, I'm using a DJI Osmo to like to record us. It's tiny. Yeah. It's awesome. It's cool. Technology is there. I think a lot of people that want to jump on the trend and create and be an artist, this is the perfect time for you because you can explore your ideas. You can do whatever you want to do. And with, without very much uh, repercussions, I think, unless you're, like, being watched all the time. But, I mean, even then, who gives a shit, right? Right, yeah. And there's always somebody that's going to uh, buy the content or, or going to be into it. There's always somebody out there that's going to be, like, into your thing. Yeah, your fans. And I think uh, that's what we go back to here to Cena Ray is uh donate just give back to this place it's, it's obviously touched a ton of people and we want to keep it around and we want to keep it around as long as we can so shooter one more time let people know where they can donate yeah uh org, or also cash app at dollar sign sinelrey or you could also mail in your donations if you like let's hear one more crazy story because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i gotta keep you on here and tell you another crazy ass story <laughs> yeah <man>. sorry <laughs> I got too many. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, back in the day, um, people would come here for the movies. And sometimes if they had like a major, major premiere, um, there was a lot of people. The, li the line was around the block, like around the Rex and stuff like that. And the Rex actually like a year older than us. So anyway, the line would go around the block. And, and back then they would do like, uh, like double showings or matinees or whatever. And so there was so many people um, that they couldn't um, let them out through the front because there was already people in the front for the, for the next showing. So what they did was they, they made them exit through the back area, through the alley, and then everybody would just go back about their, their lives or whatever. And then the next group would come in. But yeah. people would rush in, rush in through the doors because they were so excited to watch this new movie that just barely came out. And uh, this one year, I don't remember what year it was, but this lady uh, got trampled and she died right there in the front of the, the oh, doors. Yeah, crazy. Like, it was, it was pretty bad. That's Damn. how bad... I'm just kidding. That never happened. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> that never fucking happened. <laughs> no, but but I'll tell you. I'll tell you what did happen. <laughs> you said that so convincingly, man. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Sorry. There's no dead lady. <laughs> 
but but there there was we like I said we do a lot of crazy stuff. So there was one time that that uh, uh, we were having like a, an erotic ball or whatever, and and there was people just like you know with little pasties and stuff like that. And I, I kind of like that. Like you get hot chicks, you know, just walking around kind of half naked. It's cool. Um, so anyway, so it's starting to get to closing time, and I'm I'm looking at Bert like, hey, uh, let's close up, like let's get everybody out, you know. And and he looks at me, he's like, well, tell the security guards to pick up all the beer. And so so the guards pick up all the beer, and the music keeps going. And now we're over here like at two two something, and the music's still going. And and I'm looking at Bert like, hey, you know we. We can get in trouble for this, you know? Yeah. And he's like, nobody's drinking. Let him go. And so now it's like way past time. <laughs> and now I'm like, yo, Bert, I feel like I'm being kidnapped right now. <laughs> Let me go home, dog. <laughs> and so so the the show goes on. Everybody's having a great time. But the bad thing is, or the good thing, depending, people started taking their clothes off. Everybody was already to, tos pedos. Yeah. And so people started taking their clothes off. And little by little, people started like, you know, touching and 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 by the time you knew it, it was real late and people started you know like fucking and sucking really and it, could you imagine a building full of like people just trying to this big ass fucking whatever they call that <laughs> orgy yeah that shit <laughs> and <laughs> it it was just so bad dude so in the morning um i was like fuck it dude i'm just gonna go with it so so in the morning we wake up and, and everybody sprawled out everywhere and uh uh, I'm on stage and Bert's like in the middle of this big ass crowd and and I wake up like the undertaker I was like and I'm like oh shit that really happened and I look over and Bert's waking up too and 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 I go hey did that just fucking happen and he's like fuck yeah dude <laughs> dude I was like what the fuck and he's like yeah bro but next time let's invite some chicks oh, <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> the shooter on the podcast. Thank you guys very much. We'll link the donations down below. We'll it's see y'all later. Podcast.